All right, welcome to the first edition of the Couch Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm alongside my co-host Mez and Ben here today. We're gonna dive right in. Uh, first topic I have on the board: uh, being Kansas City natives, um, we all experienced the heartbreaking loss the Chiefs experienced at the hands of the Patriots. Ben, Mez, you guys want to weigh in on that a little bit? Well, Sam, you know it's just great to be here. First episode of the podcast, you know, I'm excited. We've got a lot to say, I think. As far as the Chiefs game, you know, it was a great game first off, you know. Fun game to watch. Uh, Back and forth there at the end. To be honest, it went the way I thought it was going to. I've always had a spot in my heart for Tom Brady. Do you still have the uh, poster? I do have the Tom Brady poster. It is not hung up, though. The only posters I have hung currently is Salvador Perez World Series. Any superstitions around the poster, whether or not Tom like, Brady it impacts poster? No. the upcoming game? Um, he's the GOAT, so, I mean, he's been doing this for years, and I haven't hung the poster up probably since uh, freshman year of college. Mez, what were your thoughts on the game? What were your takeaways on the season, Chiefs? I was happy. Honestly, I mean, obviously, the Super Bowl, I mean, not missing out on that, not getting, being able to get to it sucked, but, like, the future's bright here. I didn't, nobody thought that Mahomes would have the year that he did. Like, everyone was expecting double crazy amount of interceptions. He'd throw for a lot of yards, didn't know the touchdowns and all that, but that dude balled out. Like, the whole city's embracing him. Like, we have, we have our quarterback for, Hopefully, if if he stays healthy in the next 10, 15 years. And, and that's that's all you need in the NFL. Is, I mean, you need a little bit more. But, I mean, the main thing is you need a great quarterback, and that's what wins. So, honestly, I'm, I'm happy. I didn't think we'd get as far as we did. We hosted the first, first AFC Championship game in history at Arrowhead. So, that's a huge plus. So, future's bright. Future is bright. I mean, I would I would definitely agree that the uh, future is certainly bright in Kansas City, at least in the football realm. Um, I Mahomes continued to impress me the whole season. I kept seeing game after game where a average rookie quarterback would have crumbled under the circumstances, and no one would have blamed him for it. But it seemed like Mahomes always rose to the occasion. Um, very clutch performer. I'm excited to see how he's going to do in his sophomore season. I mean, yeah, I was uh, very impressed with Mahomes this year. I mean, it, obviously everybody knows this, but the Chiefs defense is what let him down. I mean, if he, there was a video on Twitter of Belichick breaking down, you know, the third and ten plays there at the end where the Chiefs just completely screw up and don't cover Edelman. It was like the same play. Edelman just ran like across the middle and he was wide open every time. So, uh, I mean, if their defense can just be like average next year, finish like average mid-pack, I mean, honestly, I might bet on the Chiefs on the Super Bowl. I haven't looked at those odds, those features odds yet. But, I mean, they got, you know, Mahomes most likely going to win MVP. Um, this year, so they got NFL MVP on offense. I mean that that offense is unstoppable. So as long as they get the defense somewhat figured out, um, start sending some more, you know, pressure at the QB, 
So just let them sit back and have all day to throw. I think they'll uh, have a good chance at being the number one seed again and get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I certainly think that defense is one of the main things that they're going to need to work on. Well, and we just got a new defense coordinator, and verdict's still out on him. I didn't. I don't, I've saw what he did with the Giants, and he was kind of up and down. Um, Spagnola is his name. So I don't know. Uh, he's switching our defense up from a three-four to a four-three, which more teams are running. Um, obviously, he'll bring in some different blitzes, and you know, a whole new different. Uh, kind of just ideas and stuff like that. What what the crazy thing is though is if D four just lines up on side, I think Sutton's not getting fired because we're going to the Super Bowl and nothing would have changed. You know, like if that's literally if D Ford would just line up on side, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, which is crazy to think about. But I'm not blaming the guy. I'm not blaming it all on him. But it's it's kind of the domino effect of one one player screwing up gets you know and coach fired and obviously it prevents us from being in the Super Bowl. And yeah, and I, I think it's easy to look at that one play and just say you know that's why it definitely is like if he lines up onside, yeah, it's picked off. Brady threw it high to Gronk, tipped, intercepted. But I mean, also, I mean, you hate to just blame it on that one play. Like the Chiefs didn't score one point in the first half. There was a lot of things that led up to that that one play, and what you want to get to is to where that one play doesn't even matter um, for the outcome of the game. They didn't score one point in the first half, and then, I mean, their defense couldn't stop the run, had multiple third and tens to get off the field. And, you know, yeah, obviously. But, yeah, I, everyone in Kansas City is pointing that one play, and I, and I also agree with that. Well, and I think there's also something to be said about uh, losing our main running back in Tyreek Cream Hunt. That's my mistake. Cream Hunt, uh, Cream Hunt in the middle, of the middle of the season. Yeah. And, I mean, he was leading the league, or close to at least top five uh, running back. Um, and uh, not condo- condoling his behavior in any way shape or form but uh losing a player that had that much significance on the offensive end of the ball i think definitely uh to try to plan around that and the games going forward i think that definitely has an impact damian williams balled out like we we missed him i mean cream's definitely a better all-around running back but i was very impressed like damian williams he he picked up where he like where cream left off and he he got himself a two-year deal here i mean he and plus, he had three touchdowns in the AFC Championship game. Like he, I, I will, I'll agree with you. I would have rather had Kareem Hunt out there, but Damian Williams, he's no, he's definitely no slouch. So I'm glad, I'm glad we had him. Yeah, I agree with you, Jordan. I mean, Damian Williams definitely had an amazing playoffs. I mean, I played, I played DraftKings and FanDuel a lot, and I mean, he was, if like he was a top scorer, I think both weekends he played. Um, so like the running back position didn't really let down the Chiefs at all. Defense. And any anymore in the NFL, like running back is a position yeah, you want a star player there, but at the same time you can get a committee, running back by committee, or just, you know, Damian Williams, who was, you know, bounced around the NFL, he's with the Dolphins and he comes in and he looks like a star. 
Like running back's not really a position that a lot of teams are willing to pay up for, as we saw with you know Le'Veon Bell. Right. I was about to say, where where do we think he's going to be at? Because I don't, I just don't think he's valued as much as he was a couple years ago. No. Yeah. I mean, you look with what you know the Steelers did with James Conner and what the Chiefs did with Damian Williams. Um, yeah, just teams aren't willing to to pay that much money for a running back when they know they can get one pretty much off the street, and they do the same thing. I mean, look at the Patriots. They got freaking – they did draft Sonny Michelle, first-rounder, um, and he was great this year. But, I mean, they Rex Burkhead was in pretty much the whole fourth quarter in overtime, uh, scored the winning touchdown for the Patriots. And James White, um, he's more of a pass-catching back than anything. And, I mean, they're just running back by committee. So, I mean, you don't really need a, a, a stud running back there, um, even though you'd like one like Le'Veon. It would be really cool if Le'Veon Bell ended up going to the Chiefs. I mean, they, they, he's one of the players I think could definitely make a great impact on the team. And, um, I mean, depending on what, what value he's wanting, um, I definitely think the Chiefs could create space to bring him on in some way, shape, or form. I don't, I don't think Not the at Chiefs all. will do that. No. He's wanting way too much money. He'd look great in our offense, though. He sure would. He would. I mean, he'd he'd put up huge numbers. But no, nah, yeah, he's. I mean, he's holding out. For, what what did Pittsburgh offer him last year? One obviously it was a franchise, but it was like twenty million. Yeah, twenty upwards of twenty plus million. He uh, turned it down. We just paid Sammy Watkins. We still have to pay pay Chris Jones. Our our two priorities this offseason are paying. Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. Man, making sure that Mahomes understands that he's going to be the face for the future. Yeah. They've, they've already started talking about uh, him potentially getting a contract. 400. Through. Yeah. Or no, I mean, 200, 200 million, I 200. think. 200 million. I saw that report yeah, from which, uh, I mean, Adam I Schefter, sure yeah. would like to see more of a sophomore season before that money gets shelled out. Oh, man, you, you, have, to pay, you have to pay your quarterback. You have to. I I agree, but I also think that the sophomore slump in the NFL is a real thing. Um, I think you see a lot of great rookie quarterbacks from like RG three. Um, take any number of guys, uh, start the year great, and then they come back. Even Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, um, start great rookie seasons, but then you know sophomore year the other teams have tape on them. I think it makes a difference. You know, hopefully, I mean Mahomes has a lot of unique uh, traits and abilities, uh, a lot of unique passes that I don't think people have seen. Um, I think he definitely has a knack for the game. But it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does his sophomore year. The great thing about it is, I mean, he's in his rookie deal for the next three more years. I'm pretty sure it's a five-year. I need to look it up. I'm pretty sure it's a five-year deal. And this is year two. Next year will be year three. So we get... I mean, we have, we're in no rush paying the guy. He's he's a first-round pick, top-ten pick, so he's getting paid. He's He knows his time's coming, and you can tell. He's 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 the type of kid, the, the reason why I love him and most, I think, Kansas City fans love him is, like, just, one, his personality. Just, like, the way he's like adopted Kansas City as his new home, like, going to sporting Kansas City games, like, just embracing all of Kansas City. Like that's why that's why the one reason the fans love him. Obviously, he he balled out this year. Like he's a great player as well. But like just the way he like he grew up. His dad was a professional player. Like the kid, the kid just gets it. Like he he's not too high, not too low. Like 
doesn't let people into his personal life too much to where, you know, it gets a little weird, I guess, you know, not giving you a glimpse of it, but not obviously everything and stuff. Like, he just, at 23, it's pretty impressive, honestly. It definitely is. Yeah, did you see the Missouri Mavericks tweeted him? No, I did I didn't not. see that. I mean, he tweeted back then. Yeah, he. I definitely agree with you. He uh, has definitely embraced Kansas City. He was at Top Golf, and they tweeted him saying something about you know doing some some hockey stuff or whatever. And then he said, and "That's one thing I'm not good at is like skating or hockey or whatever." And he, well, then the Missouri Mavericks tweeted him back and said, "As long as you keep those DBs on skates." <laughs> but yeah, he's he's all Kansas City. Yeah, sporting games was good to see him at. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's just different. And to Sam's point about, you know, the sophomore slump or whatever, um, I, I just don't – I think he's unstoppable. Like, this year from what I saw from him, he, he was matchup proof. Is that a topic for later, Sam, about sporting? We, can we preview the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I definitely plan on uh, us talking – kind of doing a sporting – opener to kind of discuss what our predictions for sporting are um and just kind of our expectations for the season that's one of the i always tell people around kansas city i think that sporting kc is probably the best ticket uh for a sporting event in the kansas city area which i think says something because arrowhead is a huge venue um but i think there's nothing like a sporting crowd no it's different i agree with you there sam i mean i've been to Tons of sporting games. I actually bought my tickets for the Champions League game coming up in February. Less than a month away, which yeah. is crazy. It's crazy. It feels like the season just ended and they're already kicking it back off again. But that's soccer. I mean, that's what the yeah. Premier League does, too. It's yeah. not just here. And Yeah. And I just love going to the games, man. And they, they've hooked me in ever since 2011 when I went to the first – a lot of people don't know this, but they were running a promotion where you could go to three games for free. Was it three? Yeah. Okay. You I go to three, three games for free their first year. So you, me and Jordan actually went to the fir- very first game, home opener there, for absolutely free. Yeah. Did not pay anything. Saw the poster from it. Well, and they made you feel like kings, too, because, I mean, they rolled out the VIP treatment. Like, we got to sit probably, like, rows away from – the actual game um in the members area which is very cool the members area is right next to for those that don't know sporting park uh right next to an indoor bar um air conditioning it's just it's small things like that that really make the experience i think awesome well i mean if you're not sitting in the cauldron i definitely think you're missing out i get i get a lot of people just want to sit and watch the game but the cauldron just makes it so much fun, especially with the members club. You can go in there before, um, watch games in there. Um, I went to a couple of games this year where they had, you know, the Chiefs game on in the members club before the sporting game started. And it's just basically just a big party and everybody just having a good time and, and wants to, you know, see sporting get the dub. But yeah, I mean, that's how they roped people in was the free games. I mean, if if they would have charged like thirty bucks like they do now to go to a game like when it first opened, I might have gone to a couple. But like, I remember texting Jordan and I was like, "Yo, this is absolutely free. Like, you want to go to this? Like, it might be cool." And ever since then, I mean, like, I think every year after that, I bought like a college membership, 
And I just renewed that this year as well to get uh, those tickets to the Champions League game. But, yeah, it's just a good time. I wish more people would, you know. I mean, a lot of – obviously, Kansas City loves it and a lot of people do. But I just wish more of our friend group would catch on to it a little bit. It's definitely growing. In the, I mean, it's slowly but surely coming to America. I mean, it's – I think they, they said it's projected to pass hockey. I mean, it – Pretty pretty soon as like what the third or fourth like most popular I mean, sport. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, if you just look at Atlanta, they're selling out a football stadium every game, pretty much. They're man, they are becoming a powerhouse. Like they, the way they're spending money and stuff, like they're Atlanta's gonna be a team. Yeah, and yeah, and we could go on about this for a while, but like I don't, I kind of don't like how a team can just come straight in to the MLS like that. And just be like unstoppable right off the bat. I don't know. It just feels like like a sa- you want a salary cap or something. I don't know. It just feels like r- weird to me that like Atlanta is like a team two years ago and now they already won MLS Cup. It just seems like I don't know that you should like earn your earn your dues in the MLS. In a lot of ways, I think the the MLS is new stomping grounds as far as sports territory is concerned. Um, they're a league that I think is evolving and changing a lot, um, changing their format, changing uh, tournaments, changing team names, branding, because um, they're wanting to emulate and do more, I think, of what like EuroLeague does and what makes them successful. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, you they're expanding the league again. Yeah, Austin. Uh, yeah, they're adding Austin FC, and is Miami coming in this year? No, it's the following year. I know that they were. Well, have, have they even been official? Yeah, Miami's a thing. They're for sure a thing. I can't remember if they're coming in this year or the following year. They've had so many issues trying to get a stadium and stuff. Yeah, Cincinnati's for sure in this year. Yeah, Cincinnati. Isn't there talk that uh, maybe there's a St. Louis expansion team too? Uh, they shut that down. <sighs> uh, the city of St. Louis. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, they the voted city. no on a MLS team, which honestly everybody in Kansas City was kind of shocked by and also a little uh, disappointed because that would have been a great – uh, you know, St. Louis KC game. Yeah, that would have been a great rivalry. Absolutely, it would have. Well, especially since they let the Rams go. But what can you do? Um, speaking of, so we can all agree that sporting's a pretty uh, fun up and comer as far as the uh, sports entertainment area is concerned. One that is the exact opposite, and at least in my opinion, would be the NFL Pro Bowl. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but uh, it's tomorrow, at least, yeah, at least for me, um, the Pro Bowl is just uh, a big middle finger in the sports world. Um, it is just a sham. Um, the fact that you have ath- professional athletes and all you can think to do for them is play dodgeball, or I even saw a preview of Von Miller uh, doing target throw practice, like. <laughs> Von Miller plays defense. Did, did you see the headline wow. today? I, I don't want to see Von Miller do anything on the offensive side of the why why would I care to see Von Miller do anything on the offensive side of the ball? So they have a they have a quarterback uh, like targets and stuff, kind of like a, a friendly competition. Uh, it's all it's all friendly well, at the NFL. <laughs> this stupid Pro Bowl. But apparently Adam Thielen and a defensive lineman be Andrew Luck in this quarterback like it's like a skills competition where there's like targets and stuff. And apparently Andrew Luck absolutely sucked at it to the point where a wide receiver beat him at it. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, why why don't we just have the Pro Bowlers like get a Nintendo Switch and play 
Super Smash Bros. I mean, I would that. I would be as interested to see that I'd watch as it. the activities and itineraries that they continue to come up with. Yeah, honestly, like I enjoy watching, I I enjoy watching the dodgeball, and a couple of years ago they did like a. I mean, I'm not gonna like sit around and like. I I've seen clips of it and I'll watch the clips, so I'm not gonna. I haven't like. I don't have a DVR or anything. Sure. But, like, they did... I don't know if they did this this year, but a couple years ago, they did, like, a drone drop thing where they flew a football up in a drone. And it was, like, Odell Beckham and a couple other people where they dropped in and basically, like, yeah. knuckleballed down. That's interesting to watch. That's, that's, a, that's like, a hands challenge, though, with, like, yeah. the top wide receivers. That's not, like, hey, let's see if Von Miller can throw passes. Well, dodgeball is kind of cool just because, you know, it's like, oh, that, there's one of my favorite players on there playing dodgeball. I'll say I, I would much rather watch that stuff than the actual game. That's what I'm saying. Like, the actual game itself is just like boring. A, it's basically just like an award ceremony, like congrats, you're in the Pro Bowl. You were one of the best players in the NFL this year. But, like, nobody wants to play in that. Nobody wants to get hurt. They've gone through this long season. Nobody's going to go hard like you can't i don't know why they don't just change it to like seven on sevens or something like that because i the like take the nba for example the nba all-star game i think is one of the most watched or the most watched uh like all-star festivity in in all of sports um in mlb you got the home run derby you know every single year that's very straightforward the nfl i the game, it's a question like, why do these players want to risk getting hurt? Like, you don't have that stipulation, I think, in any other sports league. Um, and if that's the issue, then, like, there should just be no game in which people get hurt. Like, you know, whether it's just flags with seven on seven or you don't have the game at all, maybe they just play Madden. You know, I, I don't know what it, they need to do, but the fact that you have players scared of the all-star game, I think is just kind of stupid. I wouldn't mind seeing flag football. That would be interesting. Trying to, like, Tyreek Hill trying to get his flag. Uh, like, that would be damn near impossible. Sure, and then you well, get I mean, to at yeah, least I mean, see speed, and you get to see athleticism, and they're all out there having fun. They don't have to wear pads. They can just go out there and do it, do their thing. Yeah, and football is different because, I mean, it's a contact sport, so it's not like basketball where you can just dunk and shoot threes. I mean, it's kind of the same deal. Like, I don't really care about the NBA All-Star game. I care about the dunk contest and the three-point contest. But, I mean, any more of those are becoming boring as well. <laughs> and the MLB, Home Run Derby's cool still. I like watching that. But, like, the game, I guess, doesn't matter anymore, which I kind of wish it did. Uh, it made it a little interesting, but I get why they changed it. Yeah, this will be the first year in a while that I actually watched the actual game. And the only reason is because of Mahomes. That's literally the only reason, just to see what he does. I mean, don't you hope that he doesn't play at all? No. Just so he doesn't they get hurt? They don't hit the quarterback. Yeah, they're not going to tackle him. They're not going to like hit him hard. I'd be more concerned if I was like a wide receiver. Honestly, I think the, the biggest concern is just like tearing an ACL or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't think players don't hit each other. Like that That's not the concern. It's just... And I, yeah, and I don't, I don't even know if players are going to go all out on that either. Like, they're not running their routes like they would. They're in mid-season. But that's what I feel like causes the injuries is the fact that you have guys kind of like almost half-assing their way 
through the game, and you're not sure when they're turning it on, when they're taking a playoff, and so you may, you know, react a different way than you would if you were just in the zone the whole time. I will say, we we talk about injuries a lot with the Pro Bowl. When was has when was yeah, the last time there? Was? Yeah, I don't remember there ever being a, like a big injury in the Pro Bowl or anything. It's always it's basically top. just you know it's who cares like it's just a a you know a, a basically like a congratulations to all the players that are there like you had you're you know a pro bowler and they they yeah, and, you know it's something. just like a celebration of the season for for those guys and they get to meet up with all the other players from other teams and just say you know you know you guys had a good season blah blah, blah. you know it's like a brotherhood thing they all meet up i mean it it's not for inner I mean, it's it's not entertaining at all, but I think everybody knows that by now. Like, yeah, it's true. I just, I don't know. I I hope for better things for the Pro Bowl for the future. I, I don't know if they'll ever come, but that's, one can hope. One can certainly hope. Um, one other thing, so um, a new documentary has come out, uh, both on Netflix and Hulu, uh, two different documentaries. Um, talking about the Fire uh, Enterprise. Fire was a basically supposed to be a concert um, at in the Bahamas. You know, Fire was it was a company uh, where they were they were building like an app or something to where you could uh, like uh, book out talent. So it was originally made for like to cut out the middleman and like book in like say you wanted to book like uh, Nelly for your kid's birthday and you're super rich. You go on this website and request Nelly for whatever prices he wants or whatever. And to promote it, they're like, uh, let's do this uh, big music festival. Yeah, and so like essentially they end up trying to put on uh, this huge music festival at, uh, who was it, uh, former dictator. Well, uh, Billy McFarlane. Uh, yeah, Billy McFarlane is the, uh, the main mastermind of this whole fire experience. So he claimed that he bought Pablo Escobar's island that he used to like go there to like run drugs and stuff. So that was the big like thing that he put in like the promo video is like, you know, come to this festival on Pablo Escobar's private island. Which, I mean, sounds really cool and all. The only problem is that uh, that island is not necessarily for sale or negotiation or for any kind of private enterprise to be doing any kind of activity on. I thought he bought it. He said he did. But I thought he bought it and then whoever like sold it to him was like, you can't. Use, yeah, like, the people Escobar's that sold it to him whatever. did not necessarily have the rights to authorize a sale of that island. And some of that had to do, they said, I think, with um, Pablo Escobar. It had to do with the, I guess there were a couple uh, drug cartels that were still using the island. Um, and they kind of were like, we do not want other people on this island with us um did you read that or was that yeah documentary what that well that was kind of touched on in the documentary but they they basically did touch on the fact that there were like drug cartels involved around the island um and that that had something to do with the fact of that 
whether it was legitimized or not like i guess yeah i guess i didn't see i guess i didn't see that in the documentary but i i just know that whoever you know was in charge of the island was like you can't use pablo escobar in the promo video and he did anyway and then they like kicked him off or whatever yeah so he ends up having to go and find a new venue for this fire event which in the meantime has garnered a lot of uh, social media support through Instagram um, in the initial shoot for the promo video um, they booked several of the top Instagram models some of them I think have gone on to have a very successful careers um, well he got Emily Radikowski who she has she has tons or millions of followers on Instagram Bella Hadid I mean she's international supermodel so i mean he had some a-list people there yeah i mean it, it, there were several of them too uh, several a-list instagram models um and they essentially they just brought them all out to this island for this photo shoot uh i don't remember how long it was for maybe like a week or two yeah i think so i mean they had uh there's Billy, Billy, and then uh, Ja Rule. Ja Rule was there, and then a whole bunch of Instagram models, pretty much. And the whole point was to shoot like a promo for this fire festival in the Bahamas, and basically selling like you know this luxury, like pretty much what everybody like dreams of, like luxury cabanas and houses on the on the beach, and then blue water, hot girls everywhere. I mean, it was a great promo video, but... A phenomenal promo video. Um, the the interesting thing about it was that the promo video was the majority of the work. And, I mean, that's, that's kind of what sold to people. That's what got people to go there. But um, several uh, people started investigating as the uh, venue started to move locations um, and realized that... Uh, a lot of the promised sites and a lot of the promised entertainers, a lot of the promised um, housing was not uh, what it said it would be or it didn't exist. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. I mean, he books, he sells out because he's got, you know, Bell Hadid. And, well, first off, they paid Kendall Jenner $250,000 to post about the festival. Supposedly is what they say, and if you see, I mean, she has like what a hundred milli followers on Instagram. She's got a bunch. And you see, and if you see Kendall Jenner posting something, I mean, you think it's legit, I guess. But like, they did not have the resources or a, a big enough team or something to like pull this off. They were on the same island as freaking Sandals Resort, and they just went into like some construction area. Basically, like the back lot of the Sandals, essentially. Like, that's what was crazy. Is it's amazing that they were even allowed to try something like that. Um, the The part that may have irritated me the most was uh, the fact that all the people on this island, all the native Bahamian people. Uh, got suckered into working to help put this festival on, and apparently a good chunk of them are still waiting to get paid. 
They're not getting paid. I don't. I, they're not getting paid. <laughs> I. It's just really sad though, because these are. I mean, people that you know probably could really use the money, um, rely solely on like tourist revenue um, for their things, and you got this one guy that comes in and promises them all you know fairly decent wages um, for you know several months of work. Uh, and it's it's hard work. It's it's you know day in and twenty four hour days. You know no breaks because um, they were trying to do everything they could to get this ready in amount of, like time that they didn't have. Yeah, and I feel bad for those guys because you see this, you know, a rich dude come in and he's got jet skis and boats and like beautiful women. And then he offers you work, and you're like, all right, this guy's definitely going to pay me because look at him, he's rich. And you got Ja Rule there, who is not, you know, the biggest rap star ever, but, I mean, people know him. Um, And then he just doesn't pay him. And that's when, originally I thought Billy was like like a legit, I didn't think he was like legit, but I thought he was like, you know, just like a, young entrepreneur yeah just a a millennial that was trying to break into the new market you know and he saw and he had this idea of like nobody's ever done like a festival on a island like this before and like he's gonna sell luxury cabanas and like yachts and like all this stuff um to where you could basically act like you're just like super rich for a couple of days and like listen to all these good artists um, and it just ended up being like this big cluster that yeah, it was, <laughs> they were not prepared for. Or like they, I don't know what, I mean, or, I mean, we found out later he's, a, he's a, just a scam artist, but I mean, he, well, and that, that was probably the most shocking thing to me was like you were saying the, I mean, just learning what you know initially about Billy is like, oh, this guy has a lot of creative ideas. Like, he knows how to pool resources together. He knows how to get things done. Like, maybe he just had too big of an idea without enough knowledge. And it's like, at the end of the documentary, you realize he absolutely is not that type of person and that he's really just knows how to manipulate people. Because um, he goes right back uh, to trying to scam people, um, and uses the same email list that he got from the fire attendees and invited them to sold out events in New York, some of which don't even sell tickets. Yeah, they're exclusive, like the Met Gala. Yeah. can't get tickets to that. You have to be invited. And he was, like, calling people and uh, emailing them saying, you know, I can get you into the Met Gala for three hundred and fifty a ticket or whatever. And it's it's not even like there's there's no brilliance to this. Like he picks the exact same email list that he used with the fire people. And I think he thought that would work because, you know, these people that signed up for fire are rich people trying to like, you know, get into all these exclusive events and say, Look at me, I'm rich, I'm I'm here. But let's let's back up to the actual festival so you got all these rich people paying probably like three i I forget what the prices were but like thousands of dollars just for a ticket just for like the the bottom level cabana and then on top of that they asked them to load a whole bunch of money onto like this rfid wristband thing oh the fire band 
that they're supposed to use to pay for stuff at the festival. So they're saying like trying to encourage people to load three thousand, like on average three thousand dollars on this bracelet. <laughs> so if if you're if I was going to a festival and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you should probably load three thousand bucks on this uh, bracelet that you don't have yet. I I would have been like, you know, kind of sketched out by that. But I guess everybody thought it was cool. Oh, I mean, the, yeah, the bracelet was definitely sketchy. And, I mean, there was the one guy that said that that's kind of what tipped him off, at least initially. Um, but, yeah, he also said that they had had uh, one person that had put, like, $800,000 on a bracelet. Oh, no, I think they. I think that's what they totaled uh, for everybody that put For all the bracelets? Yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, that's just an obscene amount of money that... Again, you have no guarantees as to what that's being used for, how that's being used. And I don't even think they they never got that set up. No, I don't think. I don't even think they ever, ever had wristbands or anything like that. That was just like an idea Billy had, and he had a habit of having people buy stuff before he even had the product. Yeah, and his I guess his engineers told him that that's not even possible to do, and he had people do it anyway. Well, yeah, because there were you touched on uh, how Billy would sometimes just come up with things and there, there's a side of that that I think is a good thing in business it's good to be savvy and inventive and kind of like a quick thinker but you have to at least be able to make it legit and like he would come up with things like well like we could sell like a Havana on the beach for like 50 grand or something and it's like I guess his marketing executives were like, that's fine and great and all, but like there is no Havana on the beach that exists to sell for 50 grand, you know? And so then that creates a whole new ocean of problems. And then the documentary shows like everybody's shocked when they get there and they see they're staying in hurricane tents instead of like actual like luxury cabanas that were posted on the website previously. Well, and the, all the tents got soaked by the rain <laughs> the day before everybody got Everybody's beds were soaked, and then it just became like a like every man for himself kind of situation where Billy just stood up on a on a table and was like, "Yeah, everybody just go grab a tent." Everybody go grab a and tent. Yeah, that yeah. one uh, dude in the documentary was like, "Yeah, we started just ransacking all the tents around us because we didn't want anybody sleeping next to us." Where he's like, "They were pissing on beds and, and like that I thought holes. was just crazy. That's just messed up. It is." But it's kind of like a Lord of the Flies mentality. Like everybody kind of goes into their own mode of survival, and you hope you get through it. And then that they were serving them like that cheese sandwich. Yeah, that's that's what I thought was interesting. Was I guess that the real social media burn for this whole festival didn't start coming until the cheese sandwich. Well, it's crazy because like I remember seeing about or hearing about the festival. But like I never looked into it. I was just like, oh, some rich person festival like flamed out. Like it didn't, you know, didn't have the resources. I never knew it was like this big ordeal that it was after I, and until I watched the Netflix documentary. Okay, so something I think crazy that we'll kind of end with to wrap wrap this up is, um, don't you think? It, so did you hear that Hulu also? has a documentary about the exact same thing yeah i I knew both platforms okay so and that billy got so he gave an exclusive interview in the hulu documentary 
because they offered to pay him, I think, a hundred thousand, fifty thousand dollars more. Yeah, I don't think Netflix. Net- even well, I, yeah, I don't, either Netflix didn't know or they didn't care enough. Um, but Billy, I mean, even to the end on these documentaries, I think Netflix works with uh, Jerry Media because um, they, they were like the main promoters for them. Um, and they felt comfortable working with them because Jerry Mita kind of felt like they got screwed over by the whole thing too. But yeah, I mean, just just a crazy. It is, and it's a it's a story that like I really hadn't heard a whole lot about, and I didn't know a whole lot about. And it's amazing whenever you kind of see something like that that just kind of jars you. That wow, something like this is actually just taking place. Uh, Jordan, did you watch the documentary? As you can tell, I've not had much to say, and I have not seen it. I I've heard about it. Yeah, I like you guys are saying. I really didn't didn't really know or really didn't care about it. Honestly, like I didn't care to find out what had happened. I just kind of heard about it through social media and different things like that. But it sounds like I have to. I'll definitely. Uh, give it a watch because it does sound pretty pretty interesting or you i mean don't don't you have access to hulu oh yeah, yeah you may I, check it out to yeah. see the uh special yeah i bet billy just like bullcrafts that's movie. what i mean yeah, I've, the reviews i've read are that even though he agreed to do the interview there is no material that is really yeah gleaned from it there's one big part that we forgot to talk about the part where the the gay dude uh, his like main, I forget his name. Oh, he did a lot though. Basically, the part about. where he asked him to go do a sexual favor oh. on the dude to get the water in the festival. That I could. That was crazy. To me, I thought that guy was gonna be like super offended, but he was like, "No, I was ready to do that." That part showed me how messed up the situation was because. I, I mean, in that interview, you could tell that the guy, I mean, he almost wasn't sure whether to bring it up as a joke or like one of the most appalling things he's ever had an employer ask of him. And at the end, like he's proud that like he's able to get the water. Nothing. He doesn't end up having to do anything, but it's just uh, the fact that he was asked to do that and by a employee and billy wasn't necessarily his employee he was more of billy's mentor like because he yeah. helped billy yeah. in other endeavors too he, he worked with billy for like i think he said like five years and he was really high on the kid yeah and to treat someone like that i guess that i just i don't know that that really kind of took me back I honestly like, yeah i honestly didn't even know earth? that that kind of stuff was like real like yeah and it certainly seemed real enough to at least the people in the document because they interviewed two different people about it and one of them was just like i don't have anything to say about it and the guy that it actually happened to he was just you know was thrilled about the fact that they were able to get the water for the event well i thought when he first said that i was like I thought he was going to say, like, oh, I was so disgusted by Billy for asking me to do that. And he completely was the opposite way. He was like, I went home, I showered, I uh, used a mouthwash. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I got in my car and I drove over there and I was ready to, you know, do this thing. And I was just like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. I mean, just, I don't know. That's another level of... I guess employee loyalty that I don't think should exist or 
really does exist in the world just because that's uh, you don't do things like that to people it's just so that's very demeaning uh, so the last kind of section of things I thought we'd talk about uh, what games are we playing this week video games video games <clears throat> mm. Maz, you got got any uh, big games this week? I know uh, Kingdom, the new Kingdom Hearts, I think, comes out at the end of the month. Is it this month? The yeah, end of January, I think. That's gonna come out. It's gonna be interesting. I've I've seen good reviews on it. It's got oh, I bet. like an eight out of ten, I think, on IGN. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I um, Super Smash Bros. Yeah, we got a lot of DLC coming out. Uh, at the end of the month, the new Piranha Plant character oh, is going to okay. be available. That's one thing I'm excited about. Yeah, um, I've just been really impressed with how the Switch has been selling. Um, I think it's the number one now in the nation. Number one selling console. We don't have it at our apartment yet. That's one need to, thing. you need to make it happen. Yeah, you need to make it happen. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, yeah, no. I'll definitely. I I'll probably end up buying Kingdom Hearts. It's been a been a minute since I bought a game. I think the last one I bought was Red Dead Redemption Two, which that game was fun as hell for a while. And then obviously once you beat the story, yeah. So Red Dead's a phenomenal game. I think we are waiting for it to kind of blossom into what the GTA online is, at least for Rockstar Studios. So, and I've heard conflicting. Do they have like a What's it called? A Fortnite? What's the Fortnite game mode? What's that called? Uh, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Is that is that out yet? I've heard that it is, and that's why I wanted to check it out the other night when we were. Um. Have you heard anything about that? I mean, I've heard somebody somebody told me that, but I haven't looked it up. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I I need to look that up because I definitely want to get back. Once they start releasing more, and it's not still in the beta version of Red Dead Online, I'll definitely start playing that a little more. I've 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 still only played like the first couple of missions. Yeah. I've read Dead. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Like it it's cool. It is cool, but, but like I I don't I've never been like a big story like video it's game. It's very player. heavy into the story. story. Yeah, it's very heavy into the story. It's like a movie. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, and it, it is cool. I like the the old western feel to it. I just I don't know why I just haven't been like uh, itching to play it like I do. Like I think what helped with us is at the same time Sam and Tanner like we were all playing at the same time and so like we were like obviously like in a party like talking about the missions and like encouraging each other I guess yeah like, that helped I mean I, I I definitely played on my own as well but like I think that kind of helped too but. yeah um at least the first few missions it's kind of nice to kind of bounce off what's going on in your story <laughs> I. Am notorious for wrecking my horse. So yeah, that, that that made that made for a good laugh. You, we'd always hear Sam start cussing. And yeah, I, well, it sets <laughs> me off. I mean, I, obviously, I wouldn't drive the horse off a cliff on purpose. So no. it, if it does, there's clearly a glitch in the game, and yeah, kind of sets me off that's a little definitely, bit. That's definitely what's going on there. Or, or you'd <laughs> you'd uh, get ambushed by some some bandits or something, and end up. Losing us. There's there's all kinds of stuff to do. I mean, that's one thing I like about Red Dead is there's endless amounts of stories and endless amounts of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I just tend to get into trouble a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can become good or bad. Good, or, bad. 
yeah. somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've been playing Rocket League. Rocket um, League, I think, has come a long way. Um, like that they're doing the uh, Rocket Pass. Yeah. like the Rocket Pass a lot. I think that's one of the best things they've done. They just recently wonder where they got that got idea a cross-platform with the Switch and PS4, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Um, I don't know. The uh, I've also kind of delved back into Fortnite a little bit. Yeah, the same here. Ben, I- uh, I've been in it for a while. Uh, there was a period there where I didn't play, um, mostly because everybody on PS4 stopped playing. And I don't like playing solo, mostly because I'm not good enough uh, to win a lot on solo. But, you know, I've been playing uh, with the Xbox guys a lot. and Cross-platform. Cross-platform changed the game. And it also yeah, screwed it did, me yeah. because I bought an Xbox. And then, uh, like, two weeks later, they're like, oh, yeah, PS4 can now play with Xbox. And that was the only reason I bought an Xbox. So that kind of screwed me, but yeah, oh, yeah, I need to sell it. But you might need to get a Switch. Yeah, back. I thought about it, but like I don't need like I don't know if I'd play. I just don't. If it, I mean the Super Smash is definitely even Super Smash. Like I feel like it'd be I'd I'd be like oh this is cool for like a week and then I'd stop playing it. If that's a, yeah, and if that's how you feel about Smash, then I don't know if a Switch is for you. But like if you think that you would enjoy playing Smash. Like, or if you've enjoyed playing any of the previous Smash games, this one is by far the biggest and best Smash and game they've made. I'd probably be more inclined to do it if freaking Nintendo would like drop their prices, even to like two fifty. I'd be like, if I see two fifty over three hundred, like it's not that much money, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, two fifty, that's not that bad. Well, like they keep the price the same. When when the Switch came out, like twenty sixteen, like a couple years ago. Yeah, it's been out like a year or two. I feel like they need to do some sort of price drop. I mean, I know they're selling, selling it regardless. They're selling like hotcakes. But at the same time, like the PS4 and Xbox. I'm granted they've been out way longer, but you can get them for like two hundred, maybe cheaper if you go online somewhere. And it comes with a con- like an actual controller. Been selling one for uh, one forty. I heard. The, yeah, if market. anybody wants an Xbox, hit me up. <laughs> 140. 140 is a stern. It's an crowd. Xbox 1S, uh, like brand new, been played maybe 24 hours. Okay, um, so we, we, we've got an Xbox 1S, mm-hmm. been played lightly, maybe 20 hours of gameplay. Well maintained. Well maintained. I have a controller with the uh, charge pack in it, the Microsoft charge pack, because they use batteries still, but I bought the charge pack. And it also has custom battle royale uh, grips on the thumbsticks. Uh, control freaks is what they're called. Uh, custom battle royale uh, control freaks on the thumbsticks. Uh, custom grips on the thumbsticks. Don't you forget it. I bet Ben, how much are you you asking for uh, the potential buyer out there? Um, I mean, I I let it go for two hundred. Everything. Well, willing to sell the whole package deal for two hundred. Negotiable. 200 um, willing, willing yeah. to sell the whole package yeah but as, as i was saying i mean you can get xbox and ps4 for around like you know pretty cheap these days and switch has just stayed stayed hard on that 300 plus you have to buy if you want to play on uh in the dock and you don't want to play with the uh joy cons you gotta buy a, another 65 dollar pro controller which i did have and it was a great controller by the way 
but that's just a lot of money. It, I mean, Nintendo definitely is in the accessories game. I think that they like to monetize the little microtransactions, different things that you can put for your Switch. I mean, they have every single Switch item, every single you know Switch accessory has like a case, um, a skin. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of their thing. Yeah. I don't feel like it... And I get that it's like mainly portable, but if you want to be competitive... At like any of the games you're playing, like you need a you need an actual controller. Like Smash, like you'd prefer a, a pro controller or one of the you know old GameCube controllers um, from back in the day. Or you know, I mean, when I had my Switch for a week, <laughs> uh, I definitely preferred playing with the pro controller, even if I was like playing portably or like on the actual Switch. Like there was a couple of times where I. I brought my switch out in the living room and just like propped it up and I was using the pro controller on the small, you know, on the switch uh, display. Yeah. The, I mean, the joy cons do feel just a little bit too far apart or like just a little bit. I don't know if it's off base or I don't know that just the fluidity of the control, like having joy cons instead of a real controller. Um, it's definitely not the same. They just feel like small. They're like hard, they, hard they, to they like deal are. with. I don't know. It doesn't fit well in my hands for some reason. Like I guess no, I have yeah, huge I, hands. I, or I would something. agree. I don't know. You know what to say about <laughs> huge hands? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't. I've really thought about getting a new game, but I'm definitely. It's been a while since I played Kingdom Hearts. I played it as a kid on like PlayStation Two. I think it was PS Two, PS PlayStation One, PlayStation. I can't remember. Anyways, but. Yeah, and I I loved it back in the day. My brother was a little more into it um, than I was, but it I kind of got stuck at a point, and that's where when I was a kid I kind of got frustrated. And if I, if I got stuck, I just kind of that always kills my vibe on games. Yeah, like if you can't get past a certain level. It's like you'll yeah. low key put it on the shelf for a while. It's kind of me with the Zelda games. I'd get stuck on a certain portion. You know, and back in the day, I mean, it, there wasn't easy internet access or YouTube where you could just. Google, hey, how do I get past this level, or what oh, am I missing, or you know? I feel, I feel like that kind of gaming is, is like non-existent now. Like most games, like how many games have you played where you're like stuck on the, like a certain like a level or a mission for like ever? Like for me, like back in the day, me and Matt Dye used to play this game called Desert Storm, and we would like stay up late and like play it and get stuck on a level. And it was fun to play and try to beat the level. Like nowadays, like I'm playing, you know, Spider-Man, Red Dead, GTA. Like I've never been like so stuck to where I'm like trying to beat a super hard. I've never like really thought about that. That's a very good point because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but a lot of games will have a like almost like a light continue option to where like they will allow you to skip specifically the part that you're stuck on. Or they will start you at a point just beyond the part that you were stuck on. What game is that? I've never seen that. I mean, that's that's a variety. I think there were a couple things in Red Dead, even, that were like mm-hmm. that, where they would kind of start you outside of, like, of a big fight. Um, like, if you ended up getting killed, they may start you like after you get attacked. To where you just have to finish the mission. I'm, I'm there's a lot about. less. There's a lot less like hard restarts where it's like you have to go all the way back to start if like 
you didn't end up eating it. Yeah, you died a little more than I did, so I would I definitely did, yeah. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's uh, getting, getting myself killed in video games. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting point. I, I think another thing is uh, they, they, they allow you to change the, the difficulties nowadays. You know, yeah. like easy, hard, you know, extreme, whatever the name they put on it is. And I... I never, I never switch it from what they originally put it as. So maybe if I'd, you know, up the difficulty, it, you know, it'd be a little bit harder than some of the games that I've played recently, like maybe back in the day. But I don't know. That's one thought, I guess, of why people you had you now have the option instead of it just being a standard game. You now have the option to make it more difficult. If you want that challenge, it's there for you. If you want to just you know, relax, kind of have a chill experience. You can also just keep it on the easy mode and go through the game, you know. Well, all right. Uh, well, any closing thoughts, guys? Well, you know, I think uh, I think it was a pretty good uh, opening podcast. Um, talked about a wide variety of things. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, in the future. I think, I, I think we want to kind of keep it just, like, open to, like, anything. Space. I want to hear space. Yeah, kind of like, you know, kind of like what Joe Rogan's got going on where he just talks about whatever. What's going, is going on. on right now, whatever's uh, trending, whatever's a uh, hot thing to talk about. So, you know, hopefully this uh, becomes something that, you know, we can get on here and share our thoughts about the latest uh, topics going on. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely excited for it. I think, I think we've got a very strong foundation here to build off of. So... With that, we will go ahead and conclude the first episode of The Couch. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, Be sure to check us out on thecouchpodcast.com, and we'll see you next time.